This is no ordinary worship. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that your healing is in the house today? Do you believe that your blessing is in the house today? Then give God some praise for your awesome goodness. It's truly a privilege and an honor to be here today to speak a word. I'm thankful for the opportunity. Even to my pastor, the ministers, family and friends, brothers and sisters, the young adults, the youth. Glory be to God. It is an awesome day. We have a theme that the young adults came up with, and it's out of Psalms 139, 13, and 14, and it said, Love yourself, appreciating God's masterpiece in the mirror. But can I flip it and just read something different? Can I come out of Luke? Luke chapter 8, I believe. Luke chapter 8. Bill, they have up on the screen. There we go. And we're reading from verse 43. It said, Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who has spent all her livelihood on physician and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and that's Jesus, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touch me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him. Immediately, the spirit of, oh, now we go. She was, she was delivered. Immediately, her flow had dried up. You may be seated. The thought I want to bring from this passage is, the necessity of healing. The necessity of healing. We are living in a selfie society. A selfie is a self-portrayed type image, typically taken by a smartphone, which may be held at the, in the hand or, smarted, or supported by a selfie stick. Selfies are often shared on social networks like Facebook, Twitter, 
Snapchat, which I don't have, and Instagram, which I don't have. There, but I noticed that some people seem to be professionals <laughs> at taking selfies. They know the right distance to hold the camera. They know the right angle to hold the camera to get the best picture possible. So let me go ahead and see if I can take a selfie of myself. I gotta, I, I gotta get this right, because I'm not one of the professionals. Here we go. So let me see if I can hold it at the right distance and at the right angle to get the best result possible. There we go. But now that I have taken this selfie, when I look at this picture, I'm not really satisfied with the picture that I've taken. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to go into my Photoshop. And I'm going to adjust the picture that fits the requirements that I'm looking for. But there is one thing I understand about Photoshop. Photoshop doesn't take away the underlying issue that caused us to be so much self-conscious in the first place about how we look to everybody else. It doesn't take away that problem. And David in Psalms 139 is answering some important question that we all should ask. And he begins by answering the question, who am I? What makes me, me? What makes me special and unique? What gives me the value and worth? David's nowhere to look for this answer. And he says it in Psalms 119, verse 13 and 14. He said, for you created my innermost beings. You knit me together. In my mother's womb, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, your works are wonderful, and I know it fully well. You see, if we're looking for somebody else to validate us, we will never really know who we really are. But when we look to our creator... When we look to God and ask him the question, who am I, Lord? Why did you create me? Why am I different from everybody? He'll tell you that I created you for a purpose. I created you unique. You are fearfully and wonderfully made because I have designed you that way. You see, the truth about our identity and who we really are can only come from God himself. So the text picture God as a master architect who has woven and stitched us together. 
He has poured into us. He has molded us and made us into that masterpiece for his glory. A masterpiece so intricate that it speaks to the creative genius of God. But I noticed that in spite of what God created, in spite of this masterpiece that God created, the Bible tells us that over the passage of time, man became corrupted by sin. And when man became corrupted by sin, with sin came a whole bunch of issues. But I see the, the love of God being poured out when he sent his only begotten son into the world to restore man unto himself. I see him in Luke chapter 4. At the beginning of his ministry, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and receiving of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach in the acceptable year of the Lord. And today, he is still saying the same thing. I have come to heal the brokenhearted. I have come to set the captive free. I have come to bring sight to the blind. I have come to release those who are held captive by the enemy. But he also went on in chapter 4 that he made this proclamation at home in a synagogue. And it tells me that those who grew up with him, those who were familiar with him, did not accept him. To the point where Jesus said, using the parable of the day, you will certainly say this parable to me. Physician, heal yourself. You see, what they were saying to Jesus, where does he get this idea that he is something special? The Messiah, where did he get this idea? We know him to be a trade man. We know him to be the carpenter's son. We know him to be Mary's boy. We all grew up together. Where did he get this idea that he would be the Messiah? But I want to let you know something today. What people say about you does not change the fact of who God says that you are. It doesn't really matter if somebody else doesn't believe who God says you are. As long as you believe who God said you are. That you were created with purpose. That you were created for his glory. For his glory. So in this Proverbs, physician heal yourself. Jesus is the physician. And the Nazarenes are demanding that he heal himself. It's another way of saying we won't believe a word you say until you take care of what ails you. And to them, Jesus' ailment was, def- but he was out of his mind. Amen. Amen. But 
How many people think you are out of your mind because you are not like they are? That you are unique. That you are different from who they are. That you don't conform to the things that they are conformed to. That you praise God. That you worship God while they don't. How many people think of you as a holy roller? Because you don't go with the flow of the times. It is okay to be unique. It's okay to be different as long as you've been different for God. So, physician heal yourself also carries the idea of needing proof. It also communicates a demand that the miracle worker work some of his miracles at home. We are similar to this one, charity begins at home. It's, it's similar to, to, to that saying. But the, the challenge was clear that the, the people of Jesus' hometown demanded signs and wonders before they would accept him as the Messiah. And one thing I noticed in the scripture that even though Nazareth accept, didn't accept Jesus, there was a woman waiting in the wind. The people at his hometown didn't accept him. But there was a woman with an issue of blood that was waiting in the wind. You see, when you're on your purpose, don't worry about those who reject you. Don't worry about do those who don't accept who you are. Don't worry about those who don't believe that you are who God say you are. Because God always have an assignment waiting on you. So don't be discouraged by the, re by the rejection. Just continue on that path. And God will bring somebody your way that you were meant to minister to. God will use you as long as you're willing and available. So don't be discouraged by those who do not accept you. So we see this woman with the issue of blood in Luke chapter 8, verse 43 to 48. And the interesting thing about this woman is that we don't even know her name. She seems to be nameless. But we can identify her by the thing that has conformed her for 12 years. We don't know her name. What is her name? But everybody identify her as the woman with the issue of blood. My question is, what are you identified with? What does people see or what do they say when they see you coming? What do they say about you? Why are, what are you identified with? What attitude? What persona? What are you identified with? 
when they see you coming, do they say, here is this crazy woman? When they see you coming, do they say, here is that girl that is always mad? When they see you coming, what do they say, here is the one with that unforgiving spirit? When they see you coming, what do they say about you? What do they say when they see you coming? Because when they see you coming, there is something that comes to mind. Is it something that gives glory to God? Is it something who honors the creative genius of God? It is something that honors what God has done in your life? Or is that something that you really don't want to be identified with in the first place? Do they say, here comes this rebellious person? Here she comes, the girl with the unforgiving spirit. Here he comes, Mr. Negative. What are you identified with from a mile away? What issue? But one thing I noticed that her issue brought restriction. Because according to the law in Leviticus chapter 15, she wasn't supposed to be in contact with anybody. And I want to step right here for a minute and make a point that your issue is restricting you from being where God wants you to be in the first place. Your issues is stopping you from that fellowship with God in the way that you're supposed to have it. Your issue is an hindrance because there is a place that God wants to take you. There are things that God wants to do with you and your issues is stopping you from making it as far as God wants to take you. So what is that issue in your life? Have you identified any issue? But perhaps... How did she end up where she was? Perhaps she heard the neighbors talking about this man named Jesus. Perhaps they were telling her about the things he has done for somebody else. Because since she wasn't able to make it to all the regular functions, perhaps she heard it from a neighbor. And she said to herself, I've been to all these physicians. I've been to all these different people trying to get rid of this issue. And, and this issue didn't even have a chance of getting better. In fact, it got worse. Perhaps she said to herself that this just might be the one. I've tried everything else and everything has failed. Might as well I try something new. Might as well I give him a new kind of praise. 
because I've been stuck in the same place for years. I've been doing things the same old way. And I have been receiving no benefits from what I've been doing. Perhaps, perhaps I need to switch something up. Perhaps I need to not just start singing. Perhaps I need to start clapping my hand. Perhaps I don't just need to sing and clap my hand. Perhaps I need to stamp my feet. There is something that I need from God. And the way that I've been doing it, it wasn't producing the result that I needed. Perhaps I need to just switch it up a little bit and let this become a different kind of praise where I let go of everything that is holding me back where I forget about the protocol, where I forget about what people think, where I forget about what people say, and I just let go and let God have his way. But the reason why she was willing to push past Everything is because there was this desire in her to be healed. There was this desire in her to be set free. Perhaps she got tired of being sick and tired. Perhaps she'd been tired of being home alone all the time. Perhaps she got tired of not able to attend all the feasts, the Passover. Perhaps she get tired and she said to herself, enough is enough. Have you had enough yet? Have you had enough yet? Are you tired of being in the same place? Are you tired of being sick and tired? Are you tired of hearing about the things that God can do that is not being done to you? Are you tired? But I can't help going back to the Nazarenes and their response, and the reason why they respond that way. Because they were so familiar with him. They've always grown up around him. And perhaps the reason why we are the way we are, similar to the Nazarene, is because we are so familiar with him. We've heard of him so much. We have grown up hearing about him. And we find ourselves in the same category of the Nazarene. Perhaps we are saying to him today, physician, heal yourself. When there is healing in the house, when there is healing available, instead of reaching out and touch the hem of his garment, we are saying to him, physician, heal yourself. 
because we don't really believe that you are a healer. We really don't believe that you are a deliverer. We really don't believe that you can set us free. So physician, instead of trying to heal us, heal your But I want to let you know today that because of your issue, you are hemorrhaging somewhere. Because of your issue, you are hemorrhaging somewhere. As somewhere in your life, you are bleeding out. At somewhere in your life, you are losing something that is of value to you. As somewhere in your life, the floodgates are open. And the things that are precious are seeping out. It may not be the flow that the woman have. It may be your pride that is your issue. It may be your attitude that is your issue. It may be your attitude that you are a know-it-all is your issue. It may be the fact that you think, no, I'm grown and nobody can tell me anything. That just might be your issue, but whatever your issue is. You are hemorrhaging somewhere. I don't know where it is for you. I don't know what it is for you. But because of that issue, you are losing out in something that is valuable. You're losing out on life abundantly because of that issue. Jesus is so familiar to us that the way we view him is not held in high regards. He is just the man upstairs. <laughs> he is just a friend. But he is so much more than that. He is so, look at what he said. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I have come to bind up the brokenhearted. To set those free that are held captive. He, is, he wants to do that today. He wants to do that right now. But like that woman, until you become tired of the same old thing, until you become tired of going nowhere, until you become tired of being stuck in the same old place, doing the same old thing. Are you tired of being sick and tired? Are you tired of bleeding out? Are you tired of hemorrhaging? In areas that you didn't have to? 
Because God has you covered and you refuse to accept it. This is what the Nazarenes did. And I, I'm fearful that as believers, we are doing the very same thing. And when he offers us all of himself, all the healing that comes with him, we are saying unto him, physician, heal your Heal yourself. But until we receive that healing, until we reach out and touch him, until we grab hold of him, and, ref and refuse to let go until we be like Jacob and say, until you bless me, I will not let you go. And take it a step further and say, even when you're blessing me, I will not let He's here. Right now. Your healing is in his hands. And he's offering it to you. Are you willing to reach out and, and grab hold of your healing? Or do you rather stay where you are and hemorrhage your life away? Jesus, at one point, at the feast of the Jewish people, when they are pouring out water as a, a, a feast of, of, of watering, of expecting God to provide, he looked at the people and this is what he said. He says, I want to gather you up under my wings as a mother hen does his chick but you will not come to me. The problem isn't that he doesn't want to. The problem is we don't run to him. Today, the plea has been made by the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the Spirit of the Lord preaching through all this. Today, the Lord's arms is wide open and there is healing with your name on it. If you're here today and you feel the call of God, we got ministers here that want to pray with you. As the choir comes, if you're here, do something new. Step out of your position and come get your healing. 